Mario, Cantu, thank you for being on the podcast. What do you think of uh, of the set? Hey, it looks great. Looks amazing. I mean, I'm just kind of in shock that you know we have this type of culture, this type of artwork, and and something down here. It literally looks like we're somewhere in California or Austin. You know, the vibe is amazing. Awesome, and I, I really like what you're what you're wearing. Tell us about um, your outfit. Yeah, so I got styled today, and uh, you know we have a little bit of Louis V, right? Um, and I was uh, basically, you know, we have, you know, I put on some pants, got some Super Mario Super Mario socks going on, right? Nice. So uh, you know, it's my alter ego. <laughs> you know, that's. <laughs> Since with I was shades, a kid, with, the, with shades. the shades, you know, I was actually born in in '85, and that's a, the year that Mario actually first got released. Really? Oh, so, wow. did you play a lot? Yeah, I played a lot as a kid. Um, you know, yeah, I, I was into gaming, different things like that. But, you know, I, I use it as an alter ego because a lot of times, you know, uh, things, situations, kind of seem impossible, and you know, it's it's a good way to me saying, "Hey, look." You know, I can do anything, you know, on Super Mario. Nice. Yeah, hey, uh... And I, I, I love it because it's your your own name in the video game. Yeah. Nice. So um, so what do you what do you think of, of the place, Backdoor Modern Vintage? Backdoor Modern Vintage, you know, as I'm walking through it, it, it really feels like, you know, I'm in an art gallery. You know, when when you look at the paintings and and you know, just just everything in general, you you know. Um, the styles, the clothing, you know, it, it just it just feels like, wow, like this is this is totally different. This is something that that is special, you know. Yeah, I kind of get that vibe. You're literally popping. Look at the the fireworks <laughs> going on behind yeah. you. I don't know if you could see, but yeah, I could see the reflection in the back, so it's it's kind of blinking. You yeah. look like uh, the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm channeling that energy, you know, because nice. that's 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 what I do. So you're. What would you say your title would be? The owner of Solrex? I, I am the co-founder and CEO of, of Solrex, basically. So I am the owner of Solrex. You know, when somebody asks me, well, you know, what do you do? I'm, I say, I'm the owner, you know. So um, I love it. You know, I, I've been in energy for a long time. And, and I'm the type of person that loves to give energy. So just naturally attracted I got attracted to the energy, yeah. right? You know, your, so. your future's bright with those sunglasses. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The you know it's always sunny in Solrex, right? So uh, you know it's it, it's awesome. I love what I do. I'm very passionate about what I do. Um, I love to help people, and and I think this is a space that really needs a lot of um, attention and and being able to help people and educate people. It's just awesome. So let me go back in time with you a bit you mentioned that you loved video games when you were a kid did you grow up um knowing that you wanted to pursue entrepreneurship or was that even something in your vocabulary that you knew what it meant or how was it growing up as as mario where, where were you born tell me about your background so i was actually born in mission um and i lived most of my life a little bit west of mission in a small town Benitas. uh so i went to school la jolla but um, more than anything, I think I learned a little bit of entrepreneurship early on. My grandfather uh, worked crazy hours. That's who I got my work ethic from. Um, he was going in like at eight o'clock in the morning, uh, didn't leave till like nine o'clock at night. Sometimes he worked for the school district. 
uh, as a supervisor. So a lot of times I would go out there with him, but I always knew that he had something else going on. You know, he actually had his own little mini business where he'd help out people um, make kind of like tombstones. So he would yeah. he would actually like I don't know it, I don't know what it's called if it's. Uh, so he'd get an easel. So that him. would be his second job. That was his second job. So he he was like an entrepreneur on top of he was working his full time job and working part time on his business and and that's really where I picked it up on. Mm-hmm. You know, I said, hey, well, I match. You know, I try to mimic his work ethic because mm-hmm. I I mean I work I I would say that I work a lot, mm-hmm. um, and and I started kind of picking up on that and and really. Uh, Fell in love with, you know, working with my hands and getting in there. And um, one thing he always taught me is, you know, uh, to always kind of like lead by example and and never be afraid to roll up your sleeves. And that's something that I do day in and day out. Mm-hmm. You know, in my in my business, I'm always going out there, talking to people, uh, trying to make a friend. You know, that's really that's really the way I look at it. It's like I'm trying to make friends as I'm going out there, talking to people, networking. Uh, talking about uh, my company and talking about the things that I do as an entrepreneur and you know I'd love to give back and help people as well so I love that and uh, tell me a little bit more about uh, obviously you were how old when you were helping your grandpa with the tombstones yeah maybe like six or seven years old so what was it like working with him and and something like that because you know it's not very common that someone works where like someone passes away and then they have to carve their name and their yeah. legacy on a on a tombstone like looking back now what was that like like did your grandpa talk to you about what it meant when someone passes away did you like yeah i had i had a, a really good understanding of, of life and death actually a little bit before that um i was actually in a very uh severe accident where I honestly felt I passed away, you know, and, um, you know, they hit our, my mom's vehicle. I was in the front seat. My grandmother practically flew out of the car, but she survived. My mom survived. I survived as well. I don't know. So there, I always thought that there's a reason why I'm still here, you know, and I need to fulfill that whatever it is, my purpose, um, you know, that's why I'm still around, you know, and that's, that's really what I thought. But, I really learned a lot about that, about life and death, you know, by helping my grandfather. And, you know, as crazy as I got older, I understood, you know, that it was very important. You know, I watch a lot of motivational stuff and they always say, hey, you know, on a tombstone, the most important thing in a tombstone is not when you're born or when you die. It's the line in between. Right. Mm-hmm. And as a kid, I remember helping my grandfather actually make that line in between you know yeah, so it was like don't do the words you're gonna yeah, spell them <laughs> yeah so i would help him out you know and and i think that that's the most important thing in life is is understanding that you know yeah there's there's a day that you're born there's a day that you die so i understand life and death very very well um and i pass that on to anybody that that i talk to my relatives and be like hey mm-hmm. one day i'm not going to be here but i want to leave a mark i want to be able to Say hey, I made a difference in 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 my life and in other people's lives, and I touch people's lives and and pass on like a legacy or mm-hmm. um, you know or or just just say hey, look, this was a this was a person of importance or this was a person of that really that gave back and and did everything uh, he could in his power to. So uh, can we? touch base on a little bit about what you mentioned about how you felt that you died for a couple of minutes yeah do you remember what that was like 
I do, and I, I hardly tell this story, but um, but basically what happened is we're driving a small, like, uh, four-cylinder car. My mom, I was very, I'm very stubborn as a kid, right? I, you know, I'm very persistent. I think that's what helped me in, in sales, too, you know, being persistent and overcoming different things. But so I'm I'm telling my mom we're driving H-E-B, and, and I'm telling her, hey, I want to go in the front seat. Mm. And... You know, I'm nagging and nagging and nagging to says, ah, you know what? It's okay, just go in the front seat, you know? Um, and, and that's the nice version of it, right? Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I fell asleep in the front seat. I, I, I didn't have a seatbelt on, and um, some of a dually truck, big, big truck, crosses a red light. Oh, wow. And, and we're driving, literally hits, like, my side of the door. Oh, so, um, Did you have any, like, uh, broken bones or anything like nothing, that? Nothing, nothing. Nothing happened to me. The doctor was amazed. Like, you know, there's, what's crazy is that as as this is happening, my grandmother's like kind of screaming and she's just like basic, in Spanish says, te va, te va a pegar la troca, te va a pegar la troca, Sandra. And she goes, no, ma, no, ma. And then all of a sudden you do hear that accident. Oh, wow. Yeah. But the reason that I think I didn't, eject out of the cars because my grandmother reached over right and grabbed me mm -hmm. but when she did that she kind of like slid over the back seat and she from the back seat she hit the windshield oh wow but somehow she protected me and nothing happened to me well for the most part i i felt like i knocked out i did knock out and i tell people that there is a heaven because i felt like there was an ascension happening Mm -hmm. um as i'm as as all of this is is going on and uh it wasn't like a regular dream like when you go to no school. no it was it felt real and as a kid i mean my parents were religious but not they're not the religious type where they would attend church every single weekend and stuff like that but they, you know they teach you hey, the good and the bad yeah, things yeah. like that they had a, a good grasp on the fundamentals. yeah on the fundamentals right so i would say the the they they weren't like persistent in driving me towards religion or things like that but i knew a little bit about it i actually uh became very intrigued because i think as a little kid i was still very like uh like a lover's boy mm -hmm. and um there's what does a that mean lover's boy yeah i was very like Mujeriego uh, or what? Can, I wouldn't say like mujeriego but i just was really even as a little kid like seven eight years old i was like I, I saw women like very like beautiful you know like yes, yes, yes. and uh and how old were you when when well when this happened yeah. well i would say like i was probably like seven years old like oh, six wow. seven years old but um i would say more than anything it's i had an understanding of um you know i as i attended church i remember the summer before it happened mm -hmm. Um, there's something called vacation Bible study mm -hmm. and you know people from from oh, so up saw, north you saw the little girls coming yeah in. so you know people from up north are coming you know from other churches and you know I lived in the little town that we lived in it's like nobody yeah. was everybody was Mexican you so know when you met someone that was Brand different new. yeah it like, intrigued Whoa. me I was like wow so I want I was it piqued my interest right yeah um so I started learning about it and became, you know, something that I that I looked into and and uh, so I started learning about it, going to classes and and uh, 
they also had raspas, which I liked, you know. Yeah, but yeah. during the summer, it, it they really had ha- they had everything that I wanted. They played sports. But long story short, I mean, when it comes down to it, I learned about, you know, like religion, like by God. And so as this is going on, I feel like an ascension. Yeah. Um, I get to a place where I feel like I, there's bright lights, you know, like I say, hey, don't right go. Now. <laughs> yeah, like right now, you know. But uh, they always say, hey, don't go into the light, right? Now, I didn't know that as a kid, but... Um, you know, as as this is going on, I and I'm saying to myself, I'm not saying it out loud, but I'm thinking in my head, I go, hey, look, if I died, I want to go back. Yeah. Because I miss my grandmother, I miss my grandfather, I miss my my mom. And uh, you know, and and I'm saying that to myself, I'm saying that to myself, like, hey, I want to go back, I want to go back, I want to go back. And it's very beautiful. Like yeah. it, it's crazy. Um, so I felt like I kind of did cross over, mm-hmm. you know, and there were people there that I, not that I could see their face, but it looked like, like really bright lights. Yeah. And then there's some like shadows in the front of the light. Oh, wow. But, and they're like, come on, mijito, vente pa' acá. Like, semos yeah. tu familia, yeah. you know, like in Spanish. Yeah. And, uh, but I said, no, no, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. So they're like, uh, come to the front seat. Yeah, like come over, come over. You know, like they're like kneeling down. I felt the warmth and the love. So I knew it's almost like if I knew them, but I didn't really know them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and but I said, no, 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 I don't want, I don't want this, I don't want this. And then boom, lights go out. Mm-hmm. Everything's black again. Yeah. And little by little, like I'm hearing sound, like distance in the distance. Like I'm hearing sirens in the background. I'm hearing like crying and screaming but it's slowly slowly starting to come back mm-hmm. and then it's full force like i hear everything um somebody's touching my my wrist and they're like i feel a pulse i feel a pulse yeah right and i i couldn't move i was like i don't know if it was like in a coma at that time or what i was passed out knocked out mm-hmm. um but i told myself like like, I need to get up, I need to get up. And I was trying to move, but I couldn't, right? So I'm hearing my my grandmother, my mom crying and uh, other, like, I guess the nurses or the EMTs that are right by my side. And um, I ended up waking up in the hospital. Oh, wow. Yeah, so maybe like a couple hours later, I woke up and to the doctors, they couldn't believe it. They're like, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't even know how you, like, how you actually hear yeah wow that's crazy yeah so then that helped you kind of like form that tough skin when you were working with your grandpa yeah i mean it it really it really made me understand life and death as a at a really young age you know that is it's a part of life and and we we have to cherish the time that we have because we don't know when mm-hmm. that that date is happening for each and every one of us right so you know, I, I, it's, I, I, I try to enjoy life as much as possible, you know, and, and kind of while I am kind of like a visionary, like as an entrepreneur and stuff, thinking further ahead, I, I also have to kind of stabilize myself and say, hey, enjoy the moment, enjoy the journey, you know, and, and things like that. So, because, yeah, you know, if you're living too far in the future, yeah. sometimes you're you not kind present. of, you're not present. Yeah. yeah. So was there any moments where you were helping your grandpa and you were like thinking about what your legacy was going to be like man like because you mentioned that 
doesn't matter what year you were born or what year you pass away. What matters is the line in the middle. Yeah. Were you ever like thinking about like, man, I want to have this sort of legacy when you were like carving? You know, I, I don't know if I ever thought of it like kind of like that, but I just did know that I, I wanted, I felt like ever since I, that accident that I was destined for something, you know, something to do something great. And I think um, that's kind of, like you said, it gave me that skin where, you know, I've, I've felt multiple times in different things, different, but you know, I, I, that's always in the back of my mind. Hey, there's something great that you're going to yeah. do. There's something great that you're going to do. And also because a lot of young people think they're invincible. So if you're at a young age already like knowing the, the, the basics of life, which is life and death, I think that might have, I don't know, given you a, a bit of an edge, maybe? Yeah, it, it did, you know, and, and I think more than anything, it made me realize that, hey, you need to kind of give it your all, regardless of, of what your scenario is. You know, there's, you know, you hear stories all the time from people going from rags to riches or people who are homeless that, you know, that became something. And, and I just told myself as a kid, like, I'm going to do something great. You know, and, and, and it's that's always been my mentality, regardless of if people doubt me or anything. I just said, hey, I'm I'm destined for, for something more. Of course. So when you uh, were growing up um, and going to school, did you already, like, have a plan of, like, what you wanted to do to achieve this greatness that you talk about? Well, not so much. I, it actually, I let my my grandparents kind of influenced me as to what mm-hmm. what path I wanted to take and and um and more than anything it was because of the conditions that we lived in because we were very, grew up very humble right yeah so they always told me hey you need to become an attorney or a lawyer you need to become a doctor or or some career path that's going to be steady income and uh and so I strived for that right going into to to coming out of high school I mean I was I was a pretty good student, even though I didn't, I didn't come across as like, you know, like as the perfect student, you know, I was, you know, played a lot of sports and stuff like that. But, um, but I was actually pretty smart. It's just people didn't, you know, think I was as smart as I actually was. But um, going into college, I, I went to college seeking to become a doctor, but it wasn't really the path that I wanted to take. It's just a path that they kind of instilled into me, like, hey, this is what you need to do. So what made you kind of like be like, wait, hold on, I'm not going to follow that path. Was there like a there was exciting a, incident that happened? There was an incident. So two years, I'm a sophomore in college, and my grandmother, which is a person that I wanted to fulfill that dream for, becoming a doctor, mm-hmm. passes away. Oh, wow. So um, I'm going to school, um, I'm giving everything I got, and then it's like the person that I really wanted to do this for is no longer here. Yeah. So that's where it's kind of like, you know, it, it kind of, it sidetracked me. It's kind of like I hit a wall. It's like, hey, what do I do from here on moving forward? And, um, and I thought to myself, you know, I, I've always loved, like kind of, I always wanted to become some, to do something like in Wall Street, like, mm-hmm. you know, investing or, or, you know, like that's always caught my attention. I took an economics class. Mm-hmm. and uh, Like Super Mario collecting coins. Yeah, collecting coins, right? And, uh, and that always make, that always caught my attention. So, uh, anytime that somebody would talk about business or investing and stuff like that, I was like, yeah, it's like, Hey, let me, let me get in on that. You know, let me, let me, uh, 
let me hear a little bit of what, yeah, you know, yeah. your ideas and stuff. Yeah. You know, um, but it's not until I met some of the people that I that I know today and mm -hmm. started getting into those circles that mm -hmm. I started really learning about, you know, of different course. things. What do you think of that line that says you are the five people that you surround yourself with? Uh, I think that's that is the law of the law of association, right? So you are the average of the five people that you hang around with, right? So um, I, I think that's one hundred percent true, you know, because as I was when I was younger, you know, I was hanging around with you know different people, you know, partying scene. So that's who I was, yeah. right? And as I started maturing and talking to people, you know, about business and different things, is is when I really started kind of elevating myself and and really um, growing my knowledge into that. So now my circles is pretty small, you know. Uh, I most of my my inner circle is people who have been investing for a long time, business owners, um, you know, entrepreneurs, things like that. And and uh, I like to study a lot of. A lot of people who are very successful. Yeah, I mean, you know, you were, you, were uh, you had an audiobook in your car the other day. Yeah, yeah, I love, I love audiobooks. You know, I drive, we drive a lot. You know, in sales, you're driving. You know, I've always been told that you could actually, um, if you read, a, if you read a book, or if you're doing an audiobook, you know, as you're driving, we drive so much that you could actually, you know, pretty much learn any topic, right? Yeah. And um, so I'm I'm real big on on audiobooks and leadership books and and uh, the book that I was listening to was Extreme Ownership and it's just how to be a better leader, you know how to how to lead uh, people and and that's so important you know because you know you have to be a leader within your home you know you have to be a leader within your community leader within your your work and and leadership is so important so if you learn how to do that you know that's how I think you really um, make a difference because. You know, see some of the greatest leaders like Martin Luther King, you know, you have people leading industries like Steve Jobs. And, mm -hmm. and those are the people that I like to read about and, and learn about because it's it's just things that they did change the world forever. So you have to be a leader in every facet of your life. Yeah. So let's say someone is, you know, hanging out with people that not might be, you know, pursuing their goal. So if you hang around those people, you you might get distracted. So, what would you be? What would be your recommendation to like say someone who wants to change the five people around them? Do they like go to networking events? How would you you know give yeah. advice to this person? So the first and foremost is find out what you want to do first and foremost, right? Find out what what you want to be, what direction you want to take, and and then find a mentor. I think that's the best way to kind of, you know, uh, a lot of times, you know, we hang around people and, you know, unfortunately, some people are like crabs in a bucket, right? They see you kind of ascending and, and what's the first thing that they're going to, you know, they try to pull you back into those habits. So I think you really, if you find a mentor, that mentor's job is to help pull you up, mm -hmm. right? To pull you out of, out of those situations to kind of teach you the ropes. So um, now is it, is it, it is somewhat difficult to find mentorship, you know, because a lot of times people are busy. Yeah. You know, so you got to get creative, you know, find a way to become valuable to that person that you're trying to get mentored by, um, you know, and, and, and really, I think that's the best, the best route. So find a mentor and you say, hey, where can I find a mentor? It's mm -hmm. yeah, you're perfectly right. Go to networking events. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking to study business, go to business networking events. If you, if you love art or uh, some sort of uh, photography, find networking events of people who are already doing what you love and and make that your network right
And uh, you mentioned that you need to know what you want. What about for those that are like, well, I don't know what I want. Like, what, what would be those initial steps? Try to- everything and anything, man. I think that's really what it comes down to. And, um, you know, when when you try multiple things, you'll be able to figure out whether you're passionate about it or not. You know, you can't be afraid to fail. And I think that's what, you know, at, at first that was one of my weaknesses. I was, I was kind of scared to fail, mm-hmm. you know, because in, in school you get taught, it's like, hey, you have to pass your class. You know, you want to be an A student. You know, it's, it's a lot of, I think a lot of programming really more than anything. But yeah. some of the best entrepreneurs are some of the biggest failures in, 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 in education, right? Um, you know, you think of like, you know, you know, there's people who've dropped out of college, you know, like yeah. Elon Musk and, and uh, Bill Gates and multi-billionaires now. So, so you're saying like because of school and how they were very like, oh, you have to pass the test, you can't fail, that kind of like forced us to think about being afraid of failing exactly. versus how an entrepreneur sometimes um, in order to get to a certain level or a certain point, they have to do a lot of failing and 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 learning from that experience to get to exactly. that point, right? Yeah, so I always say fail forward, right? So um, if, if you fail and you, you fail forward, you know, you're one, you know, you say I'm five foot six. I'm now if I'm falling forward, I'm five feet, six inches closer yeah. to my goal, right? Yeah. So, uh, it, and, and I really think that that was the biggest, the biggest hurdle I had to face because I thought, oh, I'm failing, I'm failing, I'm failing. You know, it made me, it sometimes makes you, mm-hmm. you have to work on your mindset because it makes you think that you're a failure, but each failure or each no is getting you closer to a yes. And I think as an entrepreneur, you want to fail as much as possible, as fast as possible, because you only have to be right one time to make it. Yeah. You know, you think of Ray Kroc, the owner of McDonald's. This guy was door-to-door salesman. He did yeah. a bunch of stuff, and you know, that failed. selling the, yeah. the milkshakes. The milkshakes. And, and, um, and you know, he, he, he talked to the, to the uh, McDonald's owners. The yeah, and, and just his hustle, his ambition and, and stuff like that um, led to the empire that we know today as mm-hmm. McDonald's, you know. But he... He failed multiple times over a long period of time, and now yeah. it doesn't matter because his legacy is, is set in stone forever. And now going back to what you said to find a mentor, what does a mentor have to have in order to be considered a, a good mentor? Or I guess what's the definition of a mentor? And if you can include yeah. both of those. Yeah, I think really what it comes down to is, you know, mentor is somebody that already is – where you want to be in life, I think, you like know, a reflection of your like future a reflection self. of your future self, you know, and, and I think, you know, why, while maybe you might not want to be a hundred percent like them, but they have a majority of the qualities that you're looking for, for yourself. And they've already navigated through, mm-hmm. through the obstacles. area, the, yeah, the obstacles. And, and the real goal of, of a, a good mentor is to navigate you through the obstacles that you're going to go through and avoiding the pitfalls that like you're... Like a detour. Yeah, like a detour. It's it, it's the fastest like way a, from point A to point B. Like a cheat code. <laughs> exactly. <Mario. laughs> yeah, like a cheat code, yeah. So, you know, it's like they're they're pretty much like teleporting you to the to the fastest yeah, route. You're from, getting that mushroom. Yeah, yeah, you're getting that mushroom and, and you know, those superpowers. It's, it's really, that's what they are. You know, if you have a good mentor, now um, 
mentors can change too. Like mm-hmm. say you start off with one mentor and, and they led you to a certain point and mm-hmm. now you're looking for somebody to take you to the next level. Yeah. So you, you get another mentor and, and, and so forth and so forth, right? So uh, I think really what it comes down to is, is just finding what, what you want to do Finding that person that's already done it, mm-hmm. and then you know, and following the steps. following the steps that are necessary. It's it's a blueprint for success, right? So yeah. So you consider yourself an entrepreneur, right? Yes. So then, my question is, why why should someone consider entrepreneurship like as a, a serious matter? Because some might think, or might be of those of the thinking that. You know, it's a lot of hard work it and is. it's a lot of failing. Like, why should people go that route instead of going, let's say, maybe the regular, like, attorney or doctor traditional or whatever, way? the traditional way? Why Why should someone, or I guess, what would be the difference of, of, of thinking or of mindset between someone who goes a traditional route? Versus someone who goes the entrepreneurial route, is there like a difference between the two? I mean, I think there is. Is is you know, I think uh, an entrepreneur is somebody who thinks outside the box. They really push the needle forward, you know, in innovation. And and uh, while both career paths are great, you know, uh, I think that an entrepreneur's goal is to really to innovate, to to make something impactful. Um, you know, you have like you know, like Elon Musk, you know. SpaceX that's in our backyard basically you know he's like hey his vision I'm gonna go to Mars you know yeah. like like that's that's an entrepreneur for you like they they almost think the impossible you know yeah. they're not logical they they're so far outside the box mm-hmm. that they believe you know people believe most of the time that they're crazy but yeah. it's because they're crazy enough to think that they could do it yeah and and I think that's the magic part about being an entrepreneur that it's just yes it's a lot of failure you know, it's not for the weak, uh, the weak-minded. Really, you have to train your mind mm-hmm. to accept it and to thrive on failure, like using that as your fuel, and uh, and and just knowing that eventually, you know, putting one foot in front of the other, you're gonna get to the goal. Yeah. You know, you might deviate a lot, right? It's mm-hmm. not a straight path. You're gonna have, uh, you know, highs and lows and peaks and valleys, and you know, you're you're probably gonna swerve along the way and and make some bad decisions or or might need a lot of failure, but. Mm-hmm. That's a part of the journey because at the end of the at the end of the day, it's like, hey, you reach your goal, you're on top of that mountain, and you look back and appreciate the journey that you went yeah. through. And and I think that's the magical thing, you know, because I I think back of, about the person I was ten years ago, mm-hmm. and the person that I am today is the person that that person was praying about, right? Mm-hmm. Like so, so it's it's crazy, and and now thinking like, what's going to be the next ten years? You yeah. know, what what am I going to do in the next ten years? Who, how many people am I going to impact, or uh, what am I going to do to like? It, it's just it's awesome just thinking that, you know. Can Can you tell me a bit about the people that you impact today? Like, what are you doing to help solve their issues, their problems? Like. Can you talk about that? Yeah, so basically at Solrex, you know, it's Solrex Energy, it's a renewable energy company. We're focused on renewable energy like solar power. So the big one of the biggest issues that we have today is, you know, we think back to 2021, February, pretty much like Valentine's Day, we had that big outage uh, where the grid went down. It was really so cold. It was really cold, right? You know, a lot of people without electricity, so many, uh, you know, um, I had a cousin who lives in Austin and she was basically shoveling snow into her, her tub allowing it oh, to wow. melt just to have drinking water. Wow. 
you know, and, and that's an extreme situation. So I, you know, I was already in energy before and I said, hey, well, what can we do better to help this or try to prevent this from happening again? Mm-hmm. And, and the way that everything works is that right now we're so dependent on this electricity grid. We think nothing's going to happen to it. But in reality, it's really fragile. Well, what what is an electricity grid for those that might be hearing this for the first time? So basically and can you explain. Yeah, like. What happened during the freeze? Yeah, so basically the demand for power got so high because it was it was really cold. So people turned up their thermostats and it, were drawing power from these electricity plants. It, they couldn't handle the stress. Mm-hmm. So because of that stress, equipment started to break down and eventually it shut down and caused for us not to have any power, right? So how this electricity works is, you know, they have certain plants that transfer power, that create power, and they get transferred to transfer the power, and then it goes to your house. So because of these plants that they couldn't work anymore, you know, we're basically out of power. And and the crazy thing is that Texas is the only state that works by itself, that has its own power grid. So. Every other every other state in the United States is linked up to another power grid from another state. So there's a West Coast power grid and there's an East Coast power grid. So what would be the benefits and the bad things about having your own independent power like so Texas? The like Texas, right? Everything's bigger in Texas. I love to be. A, I'm. A, I love being a Texan, right? You know, we're very prideful in our state, and uh, but I think the biggest downfall was the fact that we couldn't. Since we're not connected with the other grids, they couldn't feed us power. Mm-hmm. Ah, got it. So then, as a uh, as a person who is in the solar industry, yeah, what what would be the biggest uh, change when someone goes solar? Like, would they experience uh, would they experience something like if there's another freeze? Would they not their electricity not go out? Yeah. So there's. What happens when somebody goes solar is they actually become their own little power plant, right? So think of it like little power plants being turned on in certain areas. On top of every house. Yeah, on top of every house. It's like the more houses that have solar panels, the, the, the more power is being produced and the less that we're going to stress the big power plants, mm-hmm. right? So, um, but we get asked this a lot of the times like, hey, am I going to have power when the electricity goes out? Well, the only way to have power is if you have somewhere to store the power, right? Mm. So you wouldn't need a battery or you would need a generator or something that, that would help power up your home. Uh, you know, but but solar basically is helping you become a producer of electricity mm-hmm. as opposed to just a consumer of electricity. Right? It. And it kind of reminds me of that quote that says, give a man a fish and he eats for a day, teach a man to fish and he'll eat for a lifetime. I feel yeah. like if you become your own power plant, like your own house has yeah. that capability, it's like almost like if you're teaching that person or that person is teaching themselves how to be independent and maintain that capability forever, no? Yeah, definitely. And and it's, it's a part of the solution. You know, as an entrepreneur, you're thinking of ways to solve big problems, right? Find a way to solve big problems. You, you make you make some you make a really good living right and uh one of the biggest problems is the is really the our, our grid right the electricity you know we we take it for granted if you go um to any third world country you know i have friends who are originally from africa a friend of mine who's from ghana and 
And he's a doctor. Mm-hmm. You know, he came here with the American dream, became a doctor, got his doctor's degree, became a pharmacist. He has two two doctorate's degrees. Mm-hmm. And and he loves solar. He yeah. he actually wants to take it back to his home country because he says that in his home country, electricity is only consistent for two to four hours. And then it turns off. Right? So imagine if 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 our grid got to that level because you know, we, we're not doing our part to kind right. of give back, right? right. And, and, it is, and it is possible for us to be in, those, in that situation if, if we don't do something about it. So taking yourself out of the equation and being objective, if someone wants to go solar, what recommendations would you give this person? I think more than anything is, is you have to know what your, your usage is. I think, you know, and I talked about this in the past, it's like, um, I think in the future, we're all going to need to have solar because rates are increasing. Um, you know, California is like at 45, 55 cents per kilowatt. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just ridiculous, right? And, and I feel like that, that wave of, of, you know, that trend of high electricity bills is, is, moving, is moving east, right? Mm-hmm. So it's going from California, Arizona, New Mexico, Nevada, and eventually we'll get to Texas. But I, I told... Everybody is, you have to educate yourself. You know, if you go out and buy a purchase a car, you know, you, you tend to do a little bit of research on it, mm-hmm. right? And I ask that you do the same for solar. Um, know which company you're talking to. Know um, more than anything what you're actually buying into, mm-hmm. right? And and some things to study is is learn learn how much you're using. There's mm-hmm. a simple formula that, that will show you how many panels you'll need if you if you're willing to do a little bit of research, you know, go on YouTube, you know, nowadays YouTube is like the, the best thing ever. I'm a visual learner. So if I want to learn something, you know, go on YouTube, Hey, how, how many solar panels does my house need? Mm -hmm. And then they show you a little formula. Okay. Well, solar panels, you know, so you do your research. And, and we've even done a video where you talk to uh, some of these homeowners and they talk about their experience. So, They could also go to to our page. Yeah, they could go to our page, you know, and 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 get the testimonials from from our page, from our social media, and uh, and really get to experience it from somebody else's point of view. You know, a lot of times we we are depending on customer reviews and things like that. And uh, I think if if you do a good job, you know, you're you're obviously going to get more people. And I think that's where we pride ourselves on is just doing a good job. Mm-hmm. And uh, and doing the best that we can to to help solve that problem for them. Of course. And then, of course, you know, you're someone who goes into the field and is actually uh, there, like, shoulder to shoulder with some of your employees, or mostly everyone, right? Uh, what has been the biggest lesson from, you know, like going to door to door and getting a bunch of no's? Like, has that increased your skin, like, tougher, uh, yeah. toughness even more? Like, what does that do for a person? I mean, uh, I'm a big believer in actually going out there and, and being at the front of the line. You know, I think very a lot of my family was in the military. So, you know, you always lead from the front, you know, get into the trenches, roll up your sleeves. You know, uh, it's very easy to give an order that you're not willing to do yourself. But, you know, I'm willing to do the, the smallest jobs for the company. I'm willing uh, just as much as I'm willing to do the, on the high end or the top end of the company. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, I always, I won't tell somebody to do something that I'm not willing to do myself. And I think that's just something my grandfather instilled into me. Like, nice. just, just go in there and, and get it done, you know. Um, 
So as I go out there, you know, I've always been told, you know, I, I listen to Grant Cardone and, and some of these, these really great salespeople, entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the things that I learned is that these guys were in door to door. You know, they, Grant Cardone is like a real estate guru, multi-billionaire now, and, yeah. and he started door to door. Yeah, some of his videos, sometimes he posts on YouTube, he literally like has someone recording him as he's like going to like find a new property and like that's his first time yeah like going there and it's not it um what's his uh, jamie fox oh yeah jamie fox he said two years knocking on doors is the equivalent of four year degree in communications oh wow so the it, actor jamie fox jamie fox did he do that yeah when he was young yeah he did it when he was young oh wow and that's what i think you know by doing that you know you're going through something that is very difficult it's very hard to be told no you know but i looked at it more like as a game or as a you know every no gets me closer to a yes you yeah. know and, and i'm just really going out there and talking to people trying to make friends you know uh you know when I always tell my team, it's like, hey, we're just we're just out here trying to make friends. Of course, yeah. Right, and you, if you really look at it like that, you know, it, it it's pretty simple, you know. And if somebody gets mad or somebody gets upset, it's like, hey, maybe they're having a bad day. You know, I'm yeah. not gonna take it personal. It's it's just not their day. Um, but I go out there and I really I really love talking to people and yeah. and uh, you know learning about people. I was I was with somebody uh, here recently and. Yeah, he was just telling me his life story. He was in the military and the, how he came down here. I just love mm -hmm. to interact with people, nice. I think, more than anything. And you mentioned when you were younger, you you played video games, and now you kind of, like, see life as a, as a video game. Like, what's the biggest cheat code, would you say? Or, I mean, we mentioned mentors, but I guess not cheat code. Like, what's the biggest a parallel that you see between, like, life pursuing a goal and like video games like Super Mario. Yeah, never giving up. I think really that's what it comes down to, you know, uh, there's different levels, you know, with with games and there's different levels in life, you know, and uh, I I was told when I was starting as, as you break, whatever new level, there's a new devil. So just know that mm -hmm. there's gonna be challenges once you hit a different marker, yeah. right? It's just like the game. It gets harder and harder and harder as you go mm -hmm. by. You know, when you get to the end of the game, yeah. it's going to be the hardest thing you yeah, ever accomplished. You learn how to jump over the turtles, and yeah. then later there's also fireballs coming at you, and then you learn exactly. that, and there's, like, moving doors, and yeah, you're underwater. You know, you have to be versatile, you know, and, and yeah. everything that you do. You, you have to be versatile and be able to, and, and to handle anything that's thrown at you. And I think, um, you know, being versatile is the cheat code because you have to adapt quickly and mm -hmm. and you get knocked down to get back up. You know, um, I, I teach my daughter, you know, she's a big part of my life and, and something I'm really proud of it. It's like ever since she was a little girl, um, I always tell her, finish what you start. Mm. You know, so she was, I have videos of her at three, four years yeah. old and, and we're watching videos and, and she goes, daddy, it says, Finish what you start. <laughs> and I, I go, you like that, baby? She's like, yeah. Finish what you start, daddy. <laughs> so that, you know, sometimes, you know, you get, you have challenging days. I'm not saying that you're not, that you won't have challenging days as an entrepreneur. It's normal to, to have challenging days. And, but I think that in the back of my head, hey, finish mm -hmm. what you start. Of course. You yeah. know, um, you know, and, and that, that, and being grateful a lot of times is, you know, it's very important to, mm -hmm. to have an attitude of gratitude because, mm -hmm. uh, 
you know, if if you really think back, you know, we, we're living in just such an amazing opportunity down here. And and I think about other people in other countries. It's just, it's mm-hmm. just we're blessed. Well, talking about living down here, what does Puro 956 mean to you? I think Puro 956 is, is just really a flagship for like who we are as a people, you know, like uh, I think the valley is just so beautiful and, and uh, it's so unique, you know, and um, I, I'm proud to be from the 956, you know, anywhere where I go, like I tell them, hey, I'm from the Rio Grande Valley, you know, and, and uh, I go, you know, when, when people ask me, well, where's that? We're by the border, you know, we could cross the border anytime, you know, we, we, we love to have a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just it's the valley special, nice. you know. Yeah, I've traveled a lot, uh, all over a lot, a lot of different places in yeah. the United States. I've gone overseas, and and I'm proud to say that I'm from the Rio Grande Valley. Nice, I yeah. love that. Yeah, because a lot of people have different opinions about about it's. I guess it's a very polarizing subject defining what what the valley is all about because there's some people that think differently which but i'm glad that you're you're for it um is there anything that you have on your mind that you'd like to share with people that are watching listening um anything you you like to express i just think that you know doing things like this you know like your your podcast and being in cuadros corner right uh, it, it's it's great, you know. I I would challenge everybody to just do something that makes them feel uncomfortable. You know, I think that's that's one thing that that could all help us grow. And and uh, it's something that I strive to do, you know. And and I try to teach is do something that's going to make you feel uncomfortable because that's going to give you growth. You know, there's no growth without pain. Mm-hmm. And if if you push yourself little by little, little by little, um, you're going to be amazed. We're going to be six months down the road, twelve months down the road. Um, 10, five, 10 years yeah. down the road, you know, and uh, one one movie that makes me think of this is you ever seen uh, Yes Man, you know, oh, with, yeah, yeah. with Jim, Jim Carrey? Yeah, yeah. You know, Jim Carrey started off as, as you know, no miserable, as yeah. a miserable person, you know, but just him saying yes and, and yes and yes and stacking his yeses and stacking his yeses, yeah. and the person that he becomes is, is just totally different. Amazing. You know, he different adventures, yeah. different things that happened in his life. And and I think that's that's the key is just be open minded, um, don't be afraid you know to try things new and and uh, and and really just go out there and, and enjoy life because life is is wonderful. You nice, know? love it. Well, I hope we didn't make you too uncomfortable here in uh, mm-hmm. Cuadros' corner. I, I want to thank you for you know making the time out of your busy schedule to you know because I know you're. I, I've been in the car with you where we're going to appointments or meetings or whatever and. I told you the other day, your car, when you're, when we're driving, your car feels like a call center. People <laughs> are calling you all the time. So, you know, thank you for, for coming over and, and, and sitting down and talking to us a little bit about your life. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Anytime. And, and this is, I just, my hat's off to you for, for this podcast. It's, it's really great. Awesome. So, uh, Last moment we have here. Is there anything else you'd like to say? Where can people find you? Um, anything? Yeah. So I'm I'm in uh, social media. Mario Enzo Cantu. That's uh, that's my my handle pretty much for anything. Um, TikTok, uh, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, Solrex Energy is my company. You could we're all of the we have 
Instagram, all the same platforms, right? Uh, so we're out there looking to make a difference. Anybody that, that is looking for renewable energy and, and looking to solve the problems that we have, you know, by all means, reach out to us. You know, if you just want to ask a question, no question is a dumb question. Really, we want to be out there and, and help the community learn about solar and and really, uh, you know, really do good things with, with everything that's going on. So it's always sunny in Solrex. It's always sunny in Solrex. So, yeah, love it. Thank you guys. Thank you for having me again, Carlos. And and it's always the future's bright at Solrex. Right? <laughs> the future's bright at Solrex. So uh, if you're looking to, to be a part of Solrex, that's another thing. We're we're looking to bring some people on board too. Yeah. So if if you're if you want a a great career path, you want to you want to challenge yourself to do solar, and by all means, you know, apply. We're looking for some good people. Not looking for everybody, but we are looking for the right people. What's know? the number one thing that you look for in people when you're trying to, you know, recruit them for Solrex? I think it's perseverance, you know, and, and I ask them uh, a lot of times is, is you know, what's can, what's been your most challenging thing that you've ever done and how do you resolve that? Mm. You know, because, like I said, rejection is, is one thing that uh, people don't like, you know. Yeah, you nobody know, some, likes to be rejected. Nobody likes to be rejected, you know. Some people would rather take a bullet than to get a no, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, uh, but I think it's it really, that's really what it comes down to is embracing, you know, embracing it, and and you know, just like I said, every every no gets you one step closer to a yes, and makes you one uh, one day better than the day you were before. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for saying yes yeah. to Cuadros' corner. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right.